welcome you to our podcast. We are the Faithless Sisters, four women who love Jesus and who have committed to spending time studying the Bible and growing in friendship with each other. We love being together and we hope that you'll enjoy your time with us. So the day that Haman proclaimed has come. And in the uh, previous episode, we talked about how um, how that attack took place. Now, remember, Haman proclaimed that day, but Mordecai wrote mm-hmm. another um, edict, mm-hmm. and it changed things a bit. <laughs> a little <laughs> bit. Mm-hmm. And so what happened is it was a flip, and the Jews had the upper hand on this, mm-hmm. and no one could stand against them. I remember you reading that. Um, the leaders were also afraid of Mordecai. So you had your satraps, your governors... Everybody was afraid of Mordecai because they saw his power. Oh, by the way, Haman was dead, right? <laughs> right, right. Um, his ten sons were now impaled mm-hmm. by the city. So things had changed quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And Esther and Mordecai now control all of Haman's estate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Good point. And um, the city, uh, so, so this is how the edict went out, and, and this is a little bit of what happened in the citadel of Susan, I'm sorry, Susa. Susa? <laughs> no relation. No. <laughs> sorry. In the Citadel of Susa, 500 men were killed mm-hmm. um, that were the opposition, and there was no plunder taken. Right? Mm-hmm. Right. And then in the remaining provinces, which there's 127 provinces, 75,000 men were killed. Mm-hmm. And again, no plunder. And again, no wives and children. The original edict with the Jews was the wives, children, everyone who's mm-hmm. Jewish, mm-hmm. and take the plunder. This was different in that in mm-hmm. that respect. Um, however, Esther pleaded with the king. She said, "If it pleases the king, which like cracks mm-hmm. me up, <laughs> if it pleases the king, can we have another day to kill?" <laughs> and so, well, she must have been something, you know. Do you think that once she, when he heard? If it pleases the king, do you think he ever like rolled his eyes and was like, "Oh my gosh, here it comes!" Here we go again. I know. <laughs> so I kind of think that was the culture. And I think I, it, was it definitely culture. was. No, my yeah. husband, if I ever said that, would go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. "What's going on?" Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> what do you want now? Yeah. Yeah. Right. But so she asked for a second day um, because they weren't quite finished, and she also asked that second day is when Haman's sons went up on the poles and were publicly mm-hmm. right. So the second day. In the citadel of Susa, not in the provinces, right. 300 more men were killed. And again, no plunder. Yeah. So they proclaim this day, the day after, the following day, is a day of rest. And this is where they celebrate Purim. And we're going to be talking about that. Okay. So. so you want me to Go read yeah. about Purim being established? Uh, so Esther, verse Uh, Chapter 9, verse 20 through 10.3 in the NIV. Mordecai recorded these events, and he sent letters to all the Jews throughout the provinces of King Xerxes, near and far, to have them celebrate annually the 14th and 15th days of the month of Adar as the time when the Jews got relief from their enemies and as the month when their sorrow was turned into joy and their mourning into a day of celebration. He wrote them to observe the day days as days of feasting and joy, giving presents of food to one another and gifts to the poor. So the Jews agreed to continue the celebration they had begun, doing what Mordecai had written to them. For Haman, son of Hamadatha, the Agagite, the enemy of all the Jews, had plotted against the Jews to 
destroy them, and had cast the poor, that is, the lot, for their ruin and destruction. But when the plot came to the king's attention, he issued written orders that the evil scheme Haman had devised against the Jews should come back onto his own head, and that he and his sons should be impaled on poles. Therefore these days were called Purim from the word Pur. Because of everything written in this letter and because of what they had seen and what had happened to them, the Jews took it on themselves to establish the custom that they and their descendants and all who joined them should, without fail, observe these two days every year in the way prescribed and at the time appointed. These days should be remembered and observed in every generation, by every family, and in every province and in every city. And these days of Purim should never fail to be celebrated by the Jews, nor should the memory of these days die out among their descendants. So Queen Esther, daughter of Abihail, along with Mordecai the Jew, wrote with full authority to confirm this second letter concerning Purim. And Mordecai sent letters to all the Jews in the 127 provinces of Xerxes' kingdom, words of goodwill and assurance, to establish these days of Purim at their designated times, as Mordecai the Jew and Queen Esther had decreed for them, and as they had established for themselves and their descendants in regard to their times of fasting and lamentation. Esther's decree confirmed these regulations about Purim, and it was written down in the records. King Xerxes imposed tribute throughout the empire to its distant shores, and all his acts of power and might, together with a full account of the greatness of Mordecai, whom the king had promoted, are they not written in the book of the annals of the kings of Media and Persia? Mordecai the Jew was second in rank to King Xerxes, preeminent among the Jews, and held in high esteem by his many fellow Jews, because he worked for the good of his people and spoke up for the welfare of all the Jews. Ah, oh, that Mordecai. That Mordecai. Talk about a rags-to-riches kind of story. Yeah. Boy. Literally. We talked about it last time, right? How he at one point he was in sackcloth and ashes, mm -hmm. and then he left the king's um, presence in royal robes and a crown. So, mm -hmm. absolutely rags to riches. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of it was, and what he depended on was God, mm -hmm. simply following God, mm -hmm. and that's how his story turned. And I kind of love this last little part in chapter 9 where it says, um, as Mordecai the Jew and Queen Esther had decreed for them. Mm -hmm. So now we've got Queen Esther issuing decrees, not just King Xerxes or Mordecai even in his name with his signet ring, but Queen Esther. Mm -hmm. So what a change is that? Oh, yeah. For a woman yep. to be issuing decrees. When we first started reading this, you know, Vashti was banished, and yeah. that was the end because she would not respond to his summons, mm -hmm. which I just keep going back to VeggieTales again, bring me a sandwich. And yeah. she said, make your own sandwich. So she wouldn't make the sandwich, so she was gone. She's out. You know, yeah. um, that, that is not the accurate telling. That is the VeggieTales version. They should um, show her outside the palace going, I'll make a sandwich. Right. Anybody want sandwiches? <laughs> like, she'd be in the sandwich shop or something. <laughs> So, you know, we go from Vashti, who would not respond favorably to the king's summons, to Queen Esther, who is issuing the nationwide yeah. edicts. Pretty cool. And I yeah. go back to um, something I read, you know, earlier when I first started reading Esther, is that she was just a harem girl. 
yeah. the harem mm-hmm. girl, and now she's the queen. And now she's the queen. Giving, you know, writing out decrees and has her own land and and all of um, Haman's um, stuff. Mm-hmm. It's a big change. A very big change. Yeah. A reversal. Have any of you ever had a a big change like that? Something that you thought was going to start one, or something that started one way and then ended completely differently? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's maybe a loaded question. Uh, there's a loaded yeah, question. No, I was like, oh, I just, nope, didn't want to talk about that one. <laughs> <laughs> I, but you know what? I, I, I will talk about one. And it's that how did I come to know Jesus? Mm-hmm. That is the biggest flip in my life. When, and that's the biggest reversal, you know, mm-hmm. from where I was and to who I am now. Um, how did that happen? You know, I look back and it really wasn't on me. It was, it was, part of it was just having this thirst for him, but that's part of what God puts inside of us mm-hmm. is this thirst for him. And that truly flipped my life. Yeah. Yeah. At one point, um, um, I actually filed for divorce. <clears throat> and um, I was on my way to, and I was in, I, then I became a new Christian. Greg and I, our marriage was horrible. Um, and then when I started going to church, that was even worse. <laughs> that didn't go over Sometimes very well. Sometimes it gets well. worse before it gets better. Yeah. yeah. And um, it, so at one point, I actually had um, an appointment with a lawyer to get a divorce. And on the way there, I just clearly. You know, people say they hear from God. So there wasn't an audible voice in my car, but it was an audible voice in my heart. And I just knew that it was God. And he just said, no, we're not, you can't do this. You're not going to do that. So that was surprising to me because I'm like, really, I have to stay in this horrible, horrible marriage? And But God, that's been a reversal. It's been a lot of work over the years because we have a lot of baggage, you know. But um, again, it's because Jesus stepped into our marriage. We allowed him into our marriage. And um, that's a total reversal because now we've been married for 42 years. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, I don't... There are lots of things that did not go as I had anticipated like throughout my life at all. I, um, I'm a planner. And like from the very beginning, I was like, God, this is what my life is going to look like. Maybe I didn't say that to God because I was probably eight when I started telling people <laughs> what my life was going to look like. And none of it included me sitting in a basement on a podcast in Michigan. That is for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> you know? Yeah, we can plan, but man, what God has planned for us is way better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know that Mordecai planned on having a, a robe and a crown. Yeah, I don't know. I would imagine. Even in his thought. Um, I'm yeah. sure not. Yeah. God has this great adventure for us. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. Suzanne. Suzanne, I don't looking know. I'm off, just thinking. no. I'm just thinking. There's all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. All kinds of things like that. I mean, even just and this is nothing spiritual or big or whatever. But the house that we live in now. Mm-hmm. So um, we had a very quick turnaround to move to Michigan. Very quick, um, and we were living in Alabama, and so. Uh, Chris and I set aside a weekend where we were going to come up, look at houses, do some house hunting. Well, our um, 
we love a good spreadsheet. So we put the spreadsheet together and we're looking at, um, you know, all these houses online with our realtor. And so we would send him the spreadsheet and update things or whatever. Well, we had like 67 houses and then the weekend we were going to come, we had narrowed that down, I think to 42 maybe. And we sent them to him and we were like, you know, we're going to be busy. It's, we want to see all these houses. And I think our realtor was probably like, these people are insane. But That's anyway, a it's a lot, of, a lot houses. of houses. But the market's moving very quickly. And so we got mm-hmm. here and there were only 27 that we could see. Mm-hmm. So we saw literally 27 houses. Wow. Um, and the house that we ended up buying was not on our list at all. Okay. It wasn't on our list. Our realtor sent it to us, and um, through the program that they use, they can see like what you look at and how many times you look at it, so they can kind of track that. And um, he said, you've looked at this house online like 14 times. Oh, And I was like, but I keep looking at it, but I don't like it. This is not the house. <laughs> I don't like it. And he said, well, they're having an open house. We're just going to go. Ooh. And we were like... Okay. I mean, what's one more, right? One more. You know, <laughs> at that point. Uh, right, yeah. right. Um, and it's the house that we ended up in. So, wow. Anyway. You know, awesome. Know. And we're so glad. A total Yay. reversal yes. of what, because I was like, that is, that's, that is not my style of house. And little did you know that God had some home improvement in mind. Oh, my God. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. Just yes. making it more yes. of what you would like. Right. Yeah. Our yeah. five-year kitchen bathroom renovation plan moved up to 18 months. Mm-hmm. But we don't, the insurance is covering it. So whatever. Awesome. That's okay. We're good. Yeah. No problem. Anyway. Yeah. Well, I know when I was a kid, <clears throat> people would come to church. You know, we'd have a, a traveling singer or missionary or something. And and sometimes the testimonies that they would give, you know, they'd give their life story would be like, you know, they were a drug addict, they were a prostitute, they were whatever they were. And those were really awesome, awesome testimonies. But I can remember going home one time, I probably was about 16 and praying and saying, gosh, Lord, I'm not going to have anything like that. I'm not going to have a very powerful story because I've known you so long. And then I kind of got the feeling that that's okay. God saved me from a lot of things mm-hmm. that I'll never even know about in this life. Um, and so my my story is unique to me, just like their stories are unique to them. So, mm-hmm. you know, God is in the business of turning things around, second chances. Um, I was married before when I was young, and my first daughter's from my first marriage. And, um, you know, growing up in a Christian home, I had a lot of guilt about that. I didn't know, could I marry again? Was that okay? Would I ever find anybody? <clears throat> and, um, but I think that God is, is so good to us that He knew that that was a real desire that I had to marry again and to have a family. And, um, and He brought Dan into my life. Mm. So, and that has just been... A totally different life. He's a believer, and and you know we've had three more children, and and it's been a wonderful life. Awesome. So I don't have that. You know, I wasn't a drug addict or a prostitute story, but but God takes whatever we have in our lives that maybe needs a little improvement, and He can give us a second chance and give us a new start. Um, even if we knew Him when we made those mistakes, it doesn't matter. He's continually renewing everything that involves mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and that kind of brings me back just in thinking about Purim mm-hmm. and the reversals and being able to celebrate the reversals of God. Um, I know you were talking about you took a friend out to lunch who, and you were celebrating her salvation. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, we should have 
times like that where we're just celebrating yeah. what God has done for mm-hmm. us. And we were just studying back in Nehemiah, and when the people were reading the word of God, when they were mm-hmm. hearing it, they began weeping. Mm-hmm. And then Nehemiah and the ones in charge uh, were saying, no, celebrate. Yeah. Celebrate, celebrate yeah. and remember. And Purim is certainly one of those Jewish holidays that's a whole lot of fun. Mm-hmm. A lot of celebrating. And it's still celebrated today. Yep. It, is. it is. Yeah, I have some friends who, one of the gals in a dance class that I used to take was... Um, a, a, a Jew, and she would bring everybody a gift on Purim in the in the dance class. Yeah, you know, something usually some baked good. She was mm-hmm. a great cook. She would bring us a loaf of bread or a banana bread or some kind of something to celebrate, um, and that was very special, you know. And we would have a lot of fun celebrating with her. Awesome. Yeah. So that's one of the ways it, it is celebrated is giving the food, which is part of what we read in the scripture. Um, that they were to give, um, let's see, this is in 22-ish, um, days of feasting and joy, giving presents of food to one another and gifts to the poor. And gifts to mm-hmm. the poor. So some of those things like Haman's hats are like little things that you can make. Don, Donetta was telling mm-hmm. us about those. Cookies. Mm-hmm. What's a Haman hat? It's, it's a cookie. Um, I'm not sure exactly what kind of cookie, like just a... Regular. I don't think it's a sugar cookie. It's more of a flaky pastry type cookie. And then they put different um, jams or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think they fold it over. Oh, all right. If I remember correctly. And um, called Haman's Hat. And you eat them. You know, it's, it's funny. Fun. As Christians, we, we certainly we celebrate you know, Christmas and we celebrate Easter. And depending on what denomination you're from, maybe you have some other things in there that you celebrate. But we don't celebrate like God commanded the Jews to celebrate, maybe right. we should. Right. You know, we should take those milestones and and really do some celebrating about them. Right, yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, I'm not making any kind of... We have Easter. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Christmas, Easter, Good yes. Friday. Mm-hmm. You know, but really, as a whole, you're right. Yeah, we don't, we don't put those markers down like the Jews did. Mm-mm. I'm kind of sorry that we don't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and this one was decreed by Mordecai and Esther. Mm-hmm. This particular one, it, and it is the feeding and sharing the gifts to the with the poor. With the poor, mm-hmm. so even and so, I'm going to talk a little bit about how it's celebrated today. With okay. that, like you were saying mm-hmm. that with mm-hmm. the awesome. the bread, but um, even little ones are to give coins. Like even children mm-hmm. are to give two coins if someone if they see someone who's poor, um, they're engaged in this whole. Um, Celebration. I do like this. I think it'd be really fun. Mm-hmm. We have to think of some parties. <laughs> We're going to have to All come right. up with that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's the Ephesians party. We all put on armor and we. <laughs> okay, this is not going to be good. Kind of like a medieval feast sort of party. Yes. yes. <laughs> Um, but uh, so what they'll do today is they pass out the food with baskets, but the food is where it's readily consumable. You, it's not like a recipe or soup or something like that where they have to go back home and cook it. It would be actual soup, like someone would give you actual soup and some bread or like you were saying, the muffins. They read. Um, so another thing, just by the way, this year, Pormazan, so it's March 10th. So it's going to start the evening of March 9th. Okay. And then it'll go through the 10th and it'll end on the 11th. So just kind of talking about a part of that, 
is because it's the two days that happened in, in the city of Susa. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. So that's, that's why they will tend to um, celebrate that stretched out like that. Um, one of my favorite things, they listen to the Megillah, which is the entire book of Esther. So they're reading, and they're reading specific scriptures. It could be like special ones that are on scrolls or different books that look special. And they read through the Megillah. And the thing that's fun, I can't remember what they're called, but whenever the name of Haman comes up, it's like, oh, boom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really bad Boom. and they have these noisemakers that you would um, you, you would just twirl them and, and they'd make this really awful noise or mm-hmm. something like that so mm-hmm. just what a fun thing and they're dressed up mm-hmm. the kids are dressed up in, like as Haman or Esther or um, Mordecai or funny they can even be like clowns or just really fun and joyous costumes so I was just looking um, on the calendar just to see when March 9th, 10th, 11th. It's a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday in March this year. Okay. So, anyway, just good. Little information. Mood. I love it. Yeah. Read through Esther, (laughs) even if you're by yourself and go, boo. (laughs) (laughs) You can pull up a little sound effect on your phone, and every time you hear. That or read Haman, you just hit that button. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, <laughs> good times. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I should have brought a noisemaker. I have a oh, couple of those. I've got a cowbell upstairs Ooh, from the football cowbell. games. I could go get the cowbell. Life is good. <laughs> we have all these opportunities. <laughs> um, so they give money to food and food to at least two needy people during the daylight hours of Purim. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, if you can't find people who are poor, you can go to your synagogue, and a lot of times they'll have a fund set up okay. for the poor. And so that's so cool that it was a, um, I think a celebration that was um, it happened together. And there's this, I don't know if you think about it, it's like wow, we have this joyous celebration. Let's pour it onto the poor. Mm-hmm. I I love that. I yeah. love the. Um, the thoughtfulness of that. Mm. And and a part of it is when the Jews were in the position they were in, they were captives. They were not in a good place. Mm-hmm. And they, I don't know if they were poor necessarily because they'd been captives for a long time. So they'd had a chance to build um, and prosper. But, but they probably knew what it was like to be poor or they, right. you know, their grandparents. I'm sure there were stories that got passed down through those years. Yeah. And um, you know what? Haman came at them together as a people, mm-hmm. all of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't care. Rich, how poor. poor. So yeah. you know what? We're going to celebrate and bring everybody up. So mm-hmm. we're going to celebrate together too. We're not going to do this um, separately according to class or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's like we are Jewish people. This is our heritage. Mm-hmm. Whole nations can participate. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Awesome. It's very inclusive. Yes. Mm-hmm. A yeah. lot of times celebrations as we do them now, can be very exclusive. If you don't have the right dress or you don't have the right, yeah. you can't afford the ticket or you, you know, whatever it happens to be, there are a lot, there are lots and lots of things that stand in the way of a big celebration. Mm-hmm. But this is just, I mean, this is a very good example of how it doesn't have to be that way. Mm. How we can, it can be baking a loaf of bread and taking it over or having, you know, whatever. Just for everybody, mm-hmm. I think some of the, we're not very we're not as community oriented as we used to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, even like on Christmas, I can remember when Dan and I were younger and the kids were little, 
<clears throat> we still had a lot of single friends. Mm-hmm. And so Christmas and some holidays, we would invite those single friends because um, we never lived around family or not not often through the early years of our marriage. Um, but then once we our family got a little bit bigger, we got where we didn't really include anybody else in our holidays. Those other single people got married and they had their own families. And so we just mm-hmm. sort of coalesced around our family and we didn't really think, okay, now who do we know that doesn't have anybody to spend Christmas with? Or who do we know that doesn't have anybody for Thanksgiving? I think that Friendsgiving thing that came around is awesome Mm -hmm. because people are so spread out now. They don't really live in the communities that they grew up in necessarily. Um, And so they don't have the depth of relationships that they might need to be included in those holiday gatherings. So I love that. Mm -hmm. I think that's one way that young people Mm -hmm. have kind of reached beyond themselves. Mm -hmm. But I, I wish that we had more of a sense of identity as Christians, and I am praying for that, that we feel that oneness and that family within our community um, the way the Jews do here. You know, that they, they, the whole nation of Israel was celebrating Purim. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wish that as a, as a group of Christians, we would find a way to, to celebrate things together um, and not just be segregated off into our little congregations or our denominations or our, even our family units. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes a big difference when you are living life with a community, for sure. Well, you know that, traveling with the Army. Yeah. I mean, we were we got married, and 10 days later, we moved across the country to somewhere that we had never been before to a job. I mean, Chris had just come out of training, mm-hmm. so... So you didn't really know anybody, or... Oh, we knew no one. Yeah. We knew no one, and we just... You know, the movers came and packed up everything, including our trash, and moved it across. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> so that was fun. Yeah. Um, Welcome home. Right. Yeah. Yeah. How many weeks was that on the truck? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I mean, it had been, from the time it was packed up to the time it was unpacked, it was like 45 days. Yeah. Ooh. So Was this know. winter or summer? It was winter. Okay, but Now, still. we left California, so it wasn't that oh. cold, but we moved to North Carolina, and it was, it was cooler. colder there so anyway um but we were i mean we were young we were young but we were old to have just joined the army um they used to call grandpa or chris grandpa oh how cute um, when he was in basic training because he was old for somebody who was just going into basic training what was he 20 Um, he was 21 yeah yeah so we got married and then um 22 one twenty two. Okay. Anyway, old. Yeah. For just having joined the military, and um, so we were the only ones that were married, and we were the ones who everybody came over to oh, our yeah. house. They came for Christmas. They came for Thanksgiving. They came for because we didn't have any money either. So it's not like we could travel and you know yeah. go back home or whatever. So yeah. we had people at our house all, the, all time. the time, all the time, and we lived in this teeny little house, and it was literally falling apart. Like I'm, I don't understand. Chris says he doesn't know how my dad didn't fly out and pick me up and say, when you have a better house, then you can have her back. (laughs) But um, I mean, it was this teeny house that was sometimes literally falling apart, but that house was always full of single soldiers and they would just come. And I mean, we couldn't afford a real dining room table. So we had um, 
the first Thanksgiving we were there, we had our card table because that was our dining room table was our card table with Mm -hmm. a tablecloth over it. And then we had a bunch of boxes because we didn't have enough storage to um, unpack everything. So we had boxes and we would put a piece of wood over the top of the box and throw a tablecloth over that. And then some friends of ours who were also just married brought over another card table. And then our washer and dryer were in our kitchen. Mm -hmm. And so we threw a tablecloth over that, and that was our serving area. Was the yeah, yeah, yeah. was the washer and dryer, and so anyway, you made it work. Yeah, yeah, I think that's awesome. Yeah, Yeah, but we've, I mean, we've had. That's just how we roll because that's all we've ever known, really, as a married couple. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So fun. Yeah. You know, and for people who are in that phase right now in their life, and they're like, "Oh, please, I just want this. I want this dining room set, or I just want this." Know from some of us who look back on that, those are some of the best times. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. It's okay to not have that super table because you have a card table. Right. <laughs> or, some or some boxes. Or boxes. Yeah. You can right. throw yeah. a dollar store tablecloth over. Yeah. 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 I mean, I remember in this house, we we looked at the house in the dark and the power wasn't on, so we looked at it by flashlight, which should oh. have been our uh, anyway, so we lived in this house for probably a good three or four months before we realized our dining room had this really busy wallpaper. It was like birds on vines and it was, I mean, really busy and bright. And I walked by and there was a swear word written in on the wallpaper right above the light switch. We lived there. It was so busy that we lived there for four months before I even realized. Whoa. I was like... <laughs> my dining room is cursing at me. Like, <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> but you know, it's those things that you look back on and yeah. we had the community there and mm-hmm. it was just a fun, sweet time. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's nice to be able to go out to dinner now. Mm-hmm. We couldn't then. Because you but, <laughs> Yeah. You know, anyway. It makes you more appreciative, right? It does. It does. Yeah. And those those fun times of community are just awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. So just... just um, Couple little more bits about mm-hmm. how, how they celebrate. March 9th will be the day that they fast. So they remember the fast okay. with Esther. Um, so they fast on that day. And then um, they also give half coins, which is like the offering to the Holy Temple. And so they'll give um, like three coins in a half denomination, like three half dollars or something like that. Okay. Um, and depending on where you are in the world, how that works out. And um, then they feast. So it would be like a hay penny? Yeah, it could be. Yeah, it like depends on where you are in the I'm world. I'm trying to wrap my head around that one. Well, or maybe coin. they just give like 50 cents of something or, you know, just gotcha. to, uh, because it's just replicating. And this happens before Purim. Mm-hmm. It, it just is replicating. This was our um, sacrifice to the temple mm-hmm. back then. Or Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. We've kind of gone all gone all over the place with our discussion today. <laughs> yeah, that's for mm-hmm. sure. We have, but I mean, what we really see here is the turnaround. Yeah, it's about the reversal. The reversal. Yeah, right. And the redemption that God brings. Mm-hmm. And what a great story about Jesus that's in it this is. whole story. Yeah, that He mm-hmm. can take a situation like I mean, they were. Under orders to all be killed, annihilated, the whole race destroyed. annihilated, destroyed, and um, and God takes it from that to a whole new way of life for mm-hmm. 
that's what he does. That's what Jesus does for us. Mm-hmm. You know, we can have a life that looks kind of bad, destroyed, annihilated, and he can totally turn that around um, and, and bring us new life and set us on a totally different path um, and takes us to victory. We can have victory now. So That's awesome. Yeah. Picture yourself with those royal robes and a crown. And a crown. Because you're seated next to Jesus. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, does somebody want to pray for us today as we wrap up Esther? I will. Great. Okay. Father, we thank you for this time together. Thank you, Lord, that you have shared your word with us. Um, I think for me, the biggest thing I see here is that I really do need to celebrate more. Um, And I pray, Father, that you will um, work in all of our hearts, making us more aware of the turnarounds that you have given to us um, so that we will be thankful and that we'll be expectant too, Father, so that when we talk to other people that we can encourage them that you are still in the turnaround business and that it would be your delight to turn their situation around if they would come to your son, Jesus. So, Father, thank you for this time in your word. Give us eyes to see your goodness and ears to hear so that we can come to know you more and love you more and truly walk in this new life that you've given us. Um, Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And cut. <laughs> 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 <laughs>